0: Isaiah 12, And in that day thou shalt say, I will give thanks unto thee, O Jehovah, for though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for Jehovah, even Jehovah, is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation, and in that day shall ye say, give thanks unto Jehovah, call upon his name, declare his doings among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto Jehovah, for he hath done excellent things. Let this be known in all the earth. Cry aloud and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great in the midst of thee is the Holy One of Israel. We've been looking these last several weeks at this uh, respect given to the matter of God's faithfulness and his grace and mercy and saving his own people. And Isaiah has been stirred up to cry in that day to give thanks unto God give thanks unto Jehovah, speaking about how that though he was angry with his people, his anger has been turned away. And we've been applying that, of course, the salvation from sin through our Lord Jesus Christ, through his blood and how that God was able to be just and the justifier of his people through the blood of his son. He is able to turn his anger away and comfort his people and we looked uh, the last couple weeks at verse 2. Behold God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid but Isaiah goes on to say Jehovah even Jehovah is my strength he's my salvation and now he says he's my strength and then he says he's my song and he has become my salvation he has become my salvation he's already said God is my salvation what does he mean here when he says he has become my salvation Calvin has suggested that it would be most appropriate to take this in the future sense he has become my salvation in the future tense he will become my salvation That is, God not only hath been salvation to his people, but will be so to the end. He is become, or he is becoming, we could say, my salvation, if we agree with John Calvin here. And I'm inclined to do so, not that I always do, but I'm inclined in this instance to agree with with what John Calvin has said he is becoming our salvation he is our sanctification I believe that's what the reference likely is to becoming salvation salvation being brought in salvation that is justification and so on these things many of them are one time occurrences but there's an ongoing progression in sanctification And it appears to me that this is what's being brought out. I would ask us the question, if Christ is not becoming our sanctification, perhaps he has not become our salvation. If we are not being sanctified, obviously ongoing being sanctified, perhaps we have not been saved, perhaps we have not experienced to salvation. Is he not, can we not say that he is becoming our salvation through sanctification? Does the prophet not speak in this ode or this hymn? Does he not speak of the future when he says, I will trust and will not be afraid for Jehovah, even Jehovah is my strength. He is my song, and He is becoming my salvation. Upon which I will future trust and will not future be afraid. He is becoming my salvation. He is indeed, as I've said, our sanctification. And if we're in Christ, we can say, He is my sanctification. My ongoing salvation, if you will. He is becoming my salvation. What is sanctification? Where does it come from? How may we recognize it? Is it demonstrable? May we judge of our being in Christ by empirical evidences. By works. Whatever those empirical evidences may be, I think that it boils down to some form or other of works. May we judge of our being in Christ. May we judge of our sanctification, its existence or non-existence by empirical evidences. James has said, and this was discussed a few weeks ago on Thursday night, James has said, and and it's always brought up really when we speak of works, uh, whether we speak of works and justification by works or through faith. James has said, even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead in itself. Yea, a man will say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith apart from thy works, and I by my works. Will show thee my faith. But can we trust this empirical evidence, this evidence that we can see, that can be seen, that can be observed? Has not Christ Himself taught us that by their fruit you shall know them? The term saint that's employed in the scriptures, in particular by Paul in the New Testament, and so on, the term saint is derived from the same root as sanctified saints are a holy people a holy nation a holy temple saints are those set apart which is what sanctified technically means to set apart saints are those set apart unto god to be holy are we being set apart are we being sanctified are we being made holy Our Lord Jesus Christ himself prayed for his disciples, including us, when he prayed unto his father, sanctify them in thy truth, thy word is truth. Sanctify them, sanctify thy people. Sanctify my disciples, all my disciples. In thy truth, thy word is truth. Jesus was praying. For all his disciples then and those to come when he prayed this prayer unto the father he that endureth to the end we read those words in the letters the seven letters in revelation and elsewhere we read such word language he that endureth to the end the same shall be saved there is an enduring to the end that must transpire He that overcometh, we must overcome, according to this language. It is a work in progress. Salvation is a work in progress, yet a work that will most certainly, most assuredly, be completed according to God's perfect design. He who began a good work in you will complete it or perfect it to the end. We read Paul's letter to the Romans, and in the fifth chapter, these words. Much more in the fifth chapter in verses 9 and 10. much more than being now, being now at this time, justified by his blood. He's speaking to those who are believers. Being now justified by his blood. Shall we be saved from the wrath of God through him? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more being reconciled, past tense, even as being now justified, being reconciled. These are those that have been justified, those that have been reconciled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Shall we be saved by his life? Isn't it very likely that that's a reference to being saved, to becoming saved? Salvation coming through sanctification, this progressive, this ongoing. We have been saved. We are saved. We are being saved. We shall be saved. It's a progressive thing. Are these things not each of them true of the believer? Paul says again in chapter 8 of Romans, and not only so, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. What are the first fruits of the Spirit? The first signs, the first tokens, the first evidences that God has done something. God, the Holy Spirit, has done something. We who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for our adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. We shall be saved. We have the first fruits, regenerating grace, but there's still an ongoing. And yet we wait for this redemption because of the blood of Christ and God working in us through the Holy Spirit given us from the Father and the Son working in us this ongoing sanctification. Shall we be saved by our sanctification? Of course not. And that's what James is talking about. We're not saved by works. And what Paul talks about when he says we're not saved by works. But the works are an evidence of faith. We are justified by our faith and the scriptures make that very clear and pointed now i make known unto you paul says to the corinthian church i make known unto you in chapter 15 the gospel which i preached unto you which also ye received they received the gospel they are believers they are saints Wherein also ye stand. They're standing on that gospel truth that they have received. By which also ye are saved. These are saved sinners. If ye hold fast the word which I preached unto you. There is yet a process. God's appointment. A process. An ongoing saving. Salvation. Paul uses the word saved in In Corinthians alone, several times, in 1 Corinthians one eighteen, unto us who are saved, in in the margin it says being saved. And you see, that's the point I'm making. Unto us who are saved, and it could be being saved, because those of us who are saved are being saved. Are we not daily being saved from our sins? We are being saved. And it is not the blood of Christ that saves us, today has saved us 20, 30, 40 years ago. We are being saved. And in 1033 of 1 Corinthians, that they may be being saved, he uses that language. These particular usages of saved by the Apostle Paul suggest that salvation is an ongoing process in the history of the elect of God. Those chosen unto salvation through the blood of the Lamb. And Peter, Peter, you remember this rather well-known exhortation in 1 Peter 2.2. 2. Peter says, long for the spiritual milk which is without guile. Why? That she may grow thereby unto salvation. What do you mean? I've got to, I've got to take in all this spiritual milk if I want to be saved? No. He's saying that you may grow. It's a process. It's ongoing. There is a growth. And Paul again in Philippians speaks to those hearers. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He says, we have to work it out. That's what Paul said. That's what the inspired apostle said. Work it out. Would that not very likely be a reference to sanctification? The apostle Paul again in Romans 8:29 For whom he foreknew he also foreordained to be conformed to be conformed to the image of his son to be being conformed to the image of his son we are being conformed are we not we are being transformed We are being reformed by God, the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit and the Word. We are being conformed. We are being transformed. We are being reformed if we are in Christ. There's no such thing in this life as some have put forward. There's no such thing in this life as being truly or fully reformed in this life it just ain't so and i don't care who tells you it isn't so in spite of what some say but paul tells tells us again we are to be putting on the new man we are to be putting off the old man working out our salvation putting off the The old man putting on the new man that's being renewed unto knowledge after the image of him that created him. We heard that expression this morning in Sunday school, semper reformanda, always reforming. Always being reformed. Always being transformed. Always being conformed because we can't do it ourselves we are being reformed we're being transformed we are being conformed unto the image of Christ yes its works its God's work in us it's that ongoing expression of salvation That salvation that is ongoing through sanctification Paul famously tells his readers tells us and be not fashioned or conformed according to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds and again in 2nd Corinthians but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are transformed unto the same into the same image from glory to glory Doesn't that suggest progression even there? Glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. We are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a growing process, he says. We are to grow in grace. We are to partake of that spiritual milk of the word, to be growing, to be reforming, to be conforming, to be transforming. We are growing. We all know that when children are growing, that they're busting out of their clothes and they have to get new clothes. It's a growing process. And Christians are going through that in a sense. It's growing, putting off the old man, putting on the new, growing in grace and in knowledge by God's spirit and God's word. Justification is a one-time act of God. Man being entirely passive in it. Outside of the exercise of faith, which is a gift of God. Man being entirely passive. God does the justifying. God does the justifying on the basis of our faith in Christ, which is a gift received through regeneration. It's all of God. And yet we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And it's all of God. Sanctification is a work of God in us. Now, I'm taking that language admittedly from the catechism. Justification is an act of God. Sanctification is a work of God. Adoption is an act of God. He declares us his children one time and not to be done again. But sanctification is a work of God, the Holy Spirit, a work of God in us and we are active, albeit through the indwelling God, the Holy Spirit. You see the great distinction we, can't, we have nothing of which to boast because we can only do it through the indwelling Holy Spirit, the gift of Christ granted to us. Work out your own salvation. We are justified by our faith. Kind of a paraphrase that I came up with a few weeks ago when we were discussing this. You know, I may be wrong, but I may be right. But I put it this way, we are justified by our faith. Our faith is justified by our works. To justify is to show, to prove something to be right, to warrant, to vindicate, and I suggest that we are justified by our faith not by our works as as Paul insists, but I think James is suggesting that our faith is justified. It's vindicated, it's warranted, it's proven to be right by our works. Sanctify as set apart. There's a definitive sanctification that theologians speak of and seminary students speak of happily or unhappily about this issue but i believe that there is such a thing and what they mean by it is a definitive one-time sanctification when we go back to the idea of sanctification being set apart to sanctify is to set apart being set apart through regeneration justification and conversion and even through progressive sanctification, God helping and enabling us to set ourselves apart. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. We are called to set ourselves apart. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. In Leviticus 27 and 8. We read these words that seem to be parallel with Paul's Philippians 2, 12 and 13, when we're told, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, work out your own salvation, sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am Jehovah your God, and ye shall keep my statutes, and do them, I am Jehovah who sanctifieth you. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Sanctify yourself. For it is God who works his will, works in you to do his will for his good pleasure. I am Jehovah who sanctifieth you. You see the parallel there with Philippians. He is becoming my salvation through sanctification. He is becoming my salvation with regard to that Leviticus passage, Matthew Henry has said, sanctify yourselves. And he says about that, we must cleanse ourselves from all the pollutions of sin. What does is, what is unregenerate man say? Okay, we can do that. We'll we'll put away that and that. Put away all our idols and we can do this and that. We can cleanse ourselves. It goes on. Consecrate ourselves to the service and honor of God. Man will say, fine, I'll see you in church Sunday, bro. And think that they have satisfied that requirement and conform ourselves in everything to his holy will and image this is to sanctify ourselves and men will say we can handle that we just make another new year's resolution we can take care of that issue as well we can resolve to be conformed That in all our actions and in the whole course of our conversations, we be obedient to the laws of God, Ye shall keep my statutes. Well, men will say and have said, do we not say or have we not perhaps said with the young lawyer that was having a dialogue with Christ, teacher, all these things have I observed from my youth. No problem. We can't do it but we're called to do it sanctify yourself our catechisms as i've suggested answer the questions what is justification what is sanctification as well as what is adoption and what is effectual calling they answer them very distinctly and i think mostly correct in their responses just the first few words of the answers because they begin with a few words that serve our purpose this evening as i've suggested justification is an act of god's free grace but it's god's free grace adoption is an act of god's free grace but it's god's free grace sanctification on the other hand is the work of god's free grace through his holy spirit but it's God's free grace. Effectual calling, the answer is the work of God's spirit, whereby convincing, enlightening, and renewing. I had a problem with that. Effectual calling, I understand to be regeneration. When a sinner is effectually called, that's the, that's the point of regeneration through the effectual call. And it seems strange to call it a work when it seems to me that it's a one-time act. I didn't find anything in the confession regarding what is regeneration. And that's one of the reasons that I think effectual calling is what they're, they're putting along parallel with regeneration. But it says it's the work of God's spirit, whereby convincing, enlightening, renewing. What does that sound like? Convincing, enlightening, renewing. Sounds like regeneration. The work of God, the Holy Spirit. Is it not taking away the heart of stone and giving a heart of flesh? Is that not the act of regeneration by God, the Holy Spirit? justification is a one-time act where we're told where a sinner is declared not guilty on the other hand a reality evinced about sanctification often in scripture is that it is a progressive work as we've been looking at not a one-time act it is ongoing but it is also definitive is it not was there ever a time, wasn't, wasn't there ever a time, do you think, that, that you were set apart? Do you think it was in regeneration? Do you think it was in justification? When was that one time that you were set apart, perhaps? Sanctification, I think there is a definitive sanctific, sanctification and there's also this progressive or ongoing And this is likely what Christ was praying for his disciples when he said, including us, as I said earlier, sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth. He wants them to be sanctified in the truth through the word. He was praying for that ongoing. wasn't referring to a definitive sanctification, which they had all been subjects of already. Some like to speak of these two things. And it causes much confusion, I believe. They intend by the de- definitive as referring to the one-time act of regeneration by God, the Holy Spirit, that which is the beginning of progressive sanctification. Through the newly received indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the gift of faith. For this reason, the apostle may often speak to the saints as he has, as he he did in 1 Corinthians 6.11. And such were some of you. Remember how he spoke to those readers? Such were some of you, but ye were washed, but ye were sanctified, but ye were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. These one-time acts, past tense, ye were washed ye were sanctified ye were justified and paul wrote also to his young protege timothy in his second epistle to that young pastor speaking of gods who saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before times eternal. He called us, it was a point of time that he called us and that's what most of these authors refer to as that definitive sanctification. But as I've been saying about this effective calling of God, is that not likely regeneration? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace given us in Christ Jesus before times eternal. And there's there's the catchphrase, before times eternal, these things were given to us. There's a consensus among commentators and translations of the phrase literally before times eternal is best understood here as from all eternity. Or before the beginning of time, did not sanctification then take place before the beginning of time? Were the elect not set apart before times eternal in Christ? We read in Hebrews, the words by which will, in chapter 10, by which will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all and further on by, for by one offering he hath perfected forever, them that are sanctified, once forever, We might make the case here that this speaks of being separated unto God through Christ from before the foundation of the world. Did not God place his elect in Christ before the foundation of the world? Has not the apostle said of us that in Ephesians, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world? that we should be holy, here's progressive sanctification, that we should be holy and without blemish before him. But we were chosen in him from before the foundation of the world. Heinrich Koepp said the implanting of the elect into Christ is thus the beginning of all appropriation of salvation, of all fellowship in salvation and in glory. Interesting statement that requires a number of readings. But effectual calling is of those elect and redeemed through Christ. These alone are so called that they are also, they are called in such a way. In other words, effectually, the elect are called effectually. These are they that are also attracted. In other words, made willing in the day of God's power attracted and created you know that the gospel can be preached to people and there's no response at all but he's talking about effectual calling they that are also attracted made willing in the day of his power created new and begotten regenerated they alone are those for whom God not only strikes their ears by his word preached through men external calling not only external calling in other words but that internal call he also attacks their hearts internal calling, opening them writing his law in them, changing them and inflaming them to love him according to the words of the new covenant in Ezekiel, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh regenerating power of God the Holy Spirit to sanctify in the Bible is to set apart from common use to God in the Old Testament even more pointedly than in the new to set apart from common use to God when something is sanctified it becomes God's special possession in common popular and theological usage the term sanctification is used of being set apart in one's practical conduct from sin to righteousness in a progressive manner in the christian life that's what we usually think of sanctification becoming holy being made holy growing in grace and so on that's that progressive sanctification This popular use of the term to describe the progressive and ongoing growth in holiness of the Christian is legitimate. However, not to neglect the reality of definitive sanctification, we see this in the first part of our passage in Isaiah 12 2, I believe, behold, God is my salvation. God is my salvation. It's settled. God is my salvation. Well, in the second part that we're looking at, the second portion we see, I believe a representation of the promised, progressive and ongoing sanctification. And he is become, or he is becoming my salvation. Christ has been made unto us sanctification. First 1 Corinthians 1.30. Sanctification along with redemption, wisdom and righteousness, he has become. He has been made unto us, our sanctification. Definitive sanctification speaks of effectual calling, regeneration, justification, and adoption, and so on. But we read in, as I just did, but of him, of God our Yin in Christ Jesus who was made unto us wisdom from God. Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Christ is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our redemption. And he is our sanctification through the cross. And again, from that passage in Leviticus, sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy. For I am Jehovah, your God. Jesus spoke in his high priestly prayer, I remind you again, and for their sakes, he said, I sanctify myself that they themselves might also be sanctified in the truth. I sanctify myself, our Savior said, that they themselves might also be sanctified in the truth. Jesus set himself apart for us He sanctified himself he gave himself for us we are called upon to set ourselves apart for him to give ourselves for him come out from among them sanctify yourselves be holy work out your salvation with fear and trembling we cannot meet any of these demands on our own Christ spoke to our weakness when he said apart from me he can do nothing. But Paul spoke to the promise strength for the people of God when he said, I can do all things in him who strengtheneth me. Could we say then, sanctify yourselves? For Christ has sanctified you in his blood or through his blood. He is our salvation. He is becoming our salvation. He is our sanctification. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank Thee and praise Thee for our Lord Jesus Christ, who indeed is our all in all. We praise Thee for our champion, for our Savior who has left nothing undone, praise thee tonight in Jesus name Amen just stand please for the benediction from 1st Peter 5.10 1st Peter 5.10 and the God of all grace who called you unto his eternal glory in Christ after that ye have suffered a little while shall himself perfect, establish strengthen you